Arts Podcast. I'm really happy to be back again with all of you this week, and I hope you are all doing well. This week has been a start of new beginnings. With that, of course, comes a lot of anxiety and a lot of worries, but there also comes a lot of excitement. Change is good in our lives. Without it, our days would be extremely boring. It keeps us on our toes, and I always find it endearing how when humans are thrust into a new schedule, they act like little kids getting onto a bus for the first time to go to school, not knowing where it's going to take them. We all feel uncertain and a little nervous that we're going to go to the wrong place or show up at the wrong time, or you'll be underdressed or overdressed. And at that time, of those thoughts, it seems like those are the most important things, when in reality, it's far from that. What consumes us, or what appears to be the most important, often isn't, because we're centered on ourselves. We think about ourselves in a negative light far too often, and expect others to mess up or make some kind of mistake that alters the way um, that we look at them, or if it's us making the mistake that they look at us. I've met some people who are very strong and adapt to this air that they don't care what others think, when in reality, there isn't a person on earth who doesn't care about what another person thinks, because, like I've said many times before, people are social creatures. It's our lives to care about others. It's quite literally what makes us human. That higher intelligence and empathy, which brings me back to the point I was on prior. Anyone starting something new, making a change, like starting a new job or moving. The people around you have all done the same. It was everyone's first day once, so they know what you're going through. And they can empathize and sympathize with your situation. So if you do feel like you've messed up, or that's your main concern or worry, cut yourself some slack and know that the people around you are not judging you on the sole basis of any minor mistake you make. Any questions that you have, you should ask so that you won't make mistakes. That's always one of the hardest parts for me, asking anyone questions which aren't like get to know you questions because that means I have to admit a lapse in my intelligence or ignorance on a subject. When in reality, if I didn't ask that question, then I'd never know the answer. That ignorance or lack of knowledge would stay with me and plague me for all the time ahead of me until I know the answer. I guess what I'm saying with these opening thoughts is don't beat yourself up if you're uncertain about something. We're all in the same boat, and I've said before that humans are all stumbling through life, and no one knows what's going on, and it's true. I also want to say that um, I'm sorry if I sound a little different. It's very early in the morning when I'm recording this, so I apologize um, if I sound a little sleepy. How do you beat the loneliness, Grim? Well, you find different ways out of it, the Grim Reaper said watching his first pickup basketball game. Sometimes you have to woo it to tame. Staying busy also helps. How do you tame loneliness by yourself? You ask as the basketball bounced from the rim. No amount of staying busy will keep you from feeling it again, Grim. Yes, it said. 
Like a chronic illness, it does not pass. But even humans know both security and loneliness do not last. Where there is constant pain, there's a temporary lapse. But take these basketball players. When one leaves, one joins. And that is the way of the world. People come into your life to bring you pain or joy. But either way, in the meantime, you enjoy the company. My lifespan is endless, so I don't look for permanency. Humans can't afford that type of complacency, and because humans feel emotions far deeper than me, they feel a sense of greed to find those who make them feel less lonely immediately. But that's all a tangent to say yes. Loneliness has always been a close friend to me, in ways that makes loneliness feel like it accompanies me. So the first question I received today is, if you could visit anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? This is a great question. I want to travel a lot. One of the most interesting parts I think about trips are when you meet a bunch of new people with a different culture. The way of everyday life that they live, and you get to interact with it. I love learning about new traditions and seeing new places. All of it is extremely interesting to me because I feel like I'm uncovering a secret of the world that I didn't know before. Like, ha, world jokes on you because you thought you could hide this gem from me, but I found it. Learning or seeing history is also important to me. I enjoy seeing the mistakes that past humans have made. It may seem odd to say I enjoy atrocities, but I don't, I don't enjoy them in that sense of the world. But rather, I find it vital that we study what we've done in the past so as to not make those mistakes again. All that bad and the ugly is even more important than the good because if we do forget about it, then we're doomed to repeat it. It's like cheating in a relationship on a very minute level. If you don't care about the other person and you're only thinking about what's beneficial to you, then you will cheat again. And that's kind of the way history works. So... I know I got a bit off track, but I love traveling in general, so there isn't really one set place I would go. I think I'd like to travel to Europe to see all the different countries and really get a feel on where a lot of the world was centered for a lot of human existence. But I'd also like to see Asia and go to a bunch of Asian countries, mostly because I was born and raised in America, and I don't feel like I know much about that portion of the world. I'd also love to go see Africa as well because there's so many different cultures there, so many different languages, so many different ways of life. That would be so cool. And their way of life is so radically different from mine that I think it would be cool to see. And perhaps even live for an extended period of time because you can't really get the feeling of an entire culture or country in a week. So in short, <laughs> I'd like to go everywhere and anywhere. I know that's probably not a really good answer, but there are very few places I wouldn't go. And to be completely honest, the only reason I wouldn't go is because of safety concerns. And the fact that sometimes my anxiety tends to center around unsafe situations. So I think that wouldn't be very good for my mental health as a whole, but I'd like to see the world eventually. So the second question I got today is... What is one thing that you wish you were better at? And oh goodness. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wish I were better at. 
Honestly, one of the major ones is that I wish I was better at writing. I always feel like I have a lot to learn. Every time I write, I feel like I can make line adjustments and I have to add it often, which I wish was something that I didn't need to do as much. There are some writers who are just brilliant and they don't have to add it at all. I believe Virginia Woolf is one of those writers who are able to write from um, a continuous stream of thought and then the poem is done. That seems like an incredible way to write, but I think it might be something that you have to be naturally born with. Another thing that I would like to be better at, a little more internal, is not allowing my mental health to be a barrier in my life. I don't want to let it control or dictate what I do, and I often try to ensure that that's not the case. However, there are times in my relationships where I blame my mental health on certain things, and while they may contribute to my actions, my mental health doesn't control who I am as a person. Recognizing when your mental health may be affecting those around you is important, but making sure that's not impacting your relationship with the person or bearing the brunt of it, I think, is also important as well. They signed up to love and care for you and be there for you, but they didn't sign up to be the infliction of an illness inside of you. It happening once or twice is fine, but it's when it becomes a constant habit as a way of excusing your laziness or lack of willingness to change when it, it becomes a problem. Because those are separate issues inside yourself. It's very easy to rely on mental illness. And now that we as a society are becoming more accepting of it, I've seen more people use it as an excuse for any shortcomings that they have. Now obviously when I'm discussing this, I'm not talking about people with crippling depression or anxiety. For those of us, like myself, that have it on a functioning level, the idea of accepting the fact that you have a mental illness should always come with the realization that you want to get better from it, and you want to grow out of it if it's something that you can do. The goal should always be to mitigate whatever it is that your mental illness is affecting, and not let it affect your life if you can help it. Accepting your mental illness without wanting to change it isn't going to be productive at all can actually put you in a worse state with your mental health. There's still so much that's unknown about mental illnesses. So often when I hear people talk about the issue in the back of my mind when they say that mental illnesses are permanent, I think, well, how do you know? If you tell someone something is permanent, then we give up trying to fix it or find remedies. But in reality, very few things are ever permanent, and most of mental illness is widely unknown, except for some. Some are better researched than others. But that's our job as a generation, to figure it out and to pass on the knowledge to those younger than us. Again, this went on a bit of a tangent, but that's something I specifically need to work on, and I think I'm not alone in that matter either. That's all for the podcast today, guys. Um, I was actually thinking about starting another segment on this where I read um, a poem. I'm thinking either ones that you guys want me to read or ones from like a famous author as a way to, I don't know, just kind of let people hear other works that are other than mine. Um, I know that poetry books can be expensive or like they're really, they're shoved into the back corner of bookstores. Not many people find them. So I have a few that I could read from, or if you guys want to send me any poetry that you'd like to have read or, um, 
either if it's from you or if it's from someone else. I think that'd be a really fun addition to the podcast. But um, let me know what you guys think. You can email me any questions you have at unheardwordspoetry at gmail.com. Please email me any comments or concerns, um, dreams, hopes, aspirations, any of that stuff. Um, (laughs) And I will see you guys next week. You can follow me on my TikTok. I'm on TikTok is Unheard Words. Instagram is Unheard Words Poetry. I'm really bad at plugging my socials. I keep forgetting to do that until it's like the very end. But I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye, guys.